0: Welcome to Beyond the Shop Floor podcast. My name is Ange. I am your host and your original retail career girl. I'm here to unlock the secret universe of fashion and beauty career success on the shop floor and beyond. With a global net worth of US $24 trillion, the retail industry is a thriving one. I am a fashion career retailer and recruitment expert who champions professionals to wave their retail and fashion career flag proudly. Join us as we drop a new podcast talking all things career and interviewing some of the most prominent, inspiring, and epic retail and fashion guests in Australia. Tune in. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Beyond the Shop Floor podcast. It's a solo pod today. We haven't done one of those in a while. Um... I am back in Melbourne, and I'm actually doing some COVID tests. So, fingers crossed that I am not going to be stuck in my house for the next seven days. Um, I want to start today by acknowledging everyone. Um, how are you all? It is a very heavy energy, and you know, I'm sure we all thought 2022 was going to be a fresh restart, um, and instead we've just sort of had one thing after another. You know, world events, social issues. Um, really heavy and sad occurrences that are quite difficult to comprehend and understand and I hope that everyone is taking whatever time you need to do something nice for yourself and sending everyone my love who's feeling a bit disillusioned with the world at the moment because you are definitely um, not alone. Um, so a little bit of housekeeping. We did start trialling the Be On The Shop Floor um, posts on the talent on socials last week instead of putting them onto um, the Be On The Shop Floor Instagram. Um, and this was purely a, um, a thing we're trialling um, to make it a little bit more efficient. I would love any feedback and let me know your thoughts from the sounds of things. It looks like everyone's finding the podcast um, through our podcast hosting platforms like Spotify and Apple and, you know, those great platforms um i'd love to hear your insights you know me and my team are doing our best to keep this content coming out to you weekly and it's hard because my other business the talent mill does take up a lot of time um, and you know creating a podcast you know takes a lot of time and it takes planning and love and some money um, so one massive way that you can support the podcast is either to leave a review give us some feedback or share it with a friend Um, So let's dive in. Today's solo pod might be slightly contentious, um, but one that I think is really important to talk about. Um, Today, I want to explore why you shouldn't automatically rule out companies that you've heard have problems with culture. One of my favorite quotes in life is, if you find a path with no obstacles, it probably doesn't lead anywhere. When I think about like, sort of the different periods of my life and I compare when things went so smoothly, you know, success was mine, everything I touched turned to gold. Um, in those kind of circumstances, how often do we reflect on what's going really well? You know, what lessons do we take for those experiences? How much do we learn? Personally, I don't think that we learn very much in those instances and those circumstances. Quite often, we're a bit high on our own supply, we don't really need to be that strategic. You know, if we've found a formula, it's working. Um, we don't redirect our resources or question our strategies. It's, everything's, everything's happy days. It's working. My point being that there's not really any lessons to take away when the tide is going your way. And, you know, not always. There's certainly people out there that do quite often stop to reflect what they could be doing differently, but not often. Human nature is just not like that when things are going really well. So it kind of stands to reason that we need these bumps in the road. You know, we need these challenges, the tough times to mold us, you know, to shape our approach and force us to reflect. Think about what we would do differently next time. I don't believe that you get that many of those opportunities by joining a company where everything looks like it's just roses. Quite often when a company is going through some of the most challenging times, it can create opportunity for you. Um, And it's up to you to identify whether that's something that you'll benefit from and it's worth pursuing or if it's not worth it, maybe the culture's too far gone and that's definitely not something for you right in that moment. For example, if I reflect on a role where I learned the most, I mean, there's certainly a lot of instances where I've learned a lot. I have definitely ridden the wave of challenges in my career. But, you know, I think of things like that when I was, you know, twenty. Something very, you know, early to mid twenties. I, um, I had to make a whole team of sales assistants redundant because we were closing down the store. Um, so that was an incredibly stressful time. Um, and when I was faced with that situation again, only in the last couple of years during COVID, I was already able to use some of those experiences to think about how I could, you know, make that experience more empathetic, more supportive, more understanding um, for everyone who was involved. And, you know, if I think about, you know, the brands that I've worked for where we weren't able to leverage social media, um, there was no budget to increase salaries. You know, it wasn't necessarily an aspirational brand to work for. Um, We had no budget to work with agencies that role is the one I learned the most. I became an even better recruiter. And before that, I could always handle volume, workload, you know, you give me pressure, you give me pace, that's no problems. But when I had to get really resourceful and really tenacious around what could I leverage to get someone to join this business, That's where I was really shaped. My influencing skills, the way I identified what drivers people had for making the next move, that sort of more of a deep dive into psychology of career moves, all of that has had a really significant impact on me. And that company, if you had asked a lot of people, was in financial trouble and had a terrible culture. So really important note, good culture doesn't always equal good development opportunities. And so called bad culture doesn't always mean no opportunities for you. So, today, let's chat through some classic sources that people go to for insight into a company culture. And I have a few suggestions for what you might like to consider instead. But first, I want to take a moment to ask you how do you define culture? What things constitute a good company culture? Is it perks? Is it having a pool table? Is it having a gym membership? Is it hybrid working? Is it free coffee? Um, Is it wine Fridays? Is it, uh, you know, a tap that pours out rosé? I have heard of businesses that have those. Um, Or sparkling water, I had that in a previous business and it was my favorite office to work at. Um, Is it challenging and engaging work? Is it career progression? A great manager? In my mind, culture is this intangible thing. So it's extremely subjective. And how I would describe good culture could be totally different to how you describe it. So it stands that my opinion of good culture probably shouldn't be your guide for deciding if a company is for you or not. And remember, you can't make an informed decision if you don't speak to the company themselves. The most successful people I have met keep an open mind about opportunities that come their way. So number one, ditch Glassdoor. I hate to say it, but there is no way Glassdoor is an objective viewpoint of a company. I can tell you who is on there. It's usually disgruntled employees who are pissed off. Now, I'm not saying there's no validity in their feedback, but I can nearly guarantee that it probably isn't balanced or moderated. It's like someone speaking to an ex-boyfriend who you know wouldn't have nice things to say about you. You know, it's not a good situation. You definitely don't want them to be able to have access to your ex-boyfriend and they can say whatever they want about you or ex-girlfriend. They can say whatever they want and you're not there to kind of give your perspective or, or, you know, your side of the story. Instead, think about having a little deep dive into the data analytics. You can't argue with data. You can look at this on LinkedIn. You can look at the average tenure of people who have worked at that company. And if you have a premium account, some of the insights are there for you already. You know, you can look at if the company has grown. Um, You can check out the leader of the department, how many people work in the department that you're going to be in. Um, What are the company values? Do they resonate with you? What's the tone of voice like? Um, How do they describe working at that organization? These are all of the things that can give you a bit more insight into, you know, is it a great place to work for you? Number three, not asking considered questions at an interview. Instead of saying, no, no, no questions, you've answered them all, which actually happens more than you think. um, All the questions you wish you had asked at at your last job to understand the good, the bad and the ugly, this is your chance. A company with cultural problems and honestly, I would say 99% of them have Cultural problems to some degree isn't a problem if they have no issue discussing it and talking about what initiatives they have in place, or even just that they acknowledge that there's a problem there. You know, someone who's like, "No, nah, everything's great. Everyone loves working here. We have no problems. It's roses all the time." Sweeping it under the carpet is a big fat red flag. So you want to know how a company supports working mothers or supports development opportunities. This is your chance to ask. Number four, imagine you're going to an interview and you say, I want to work somewhere that has a really good culture. And the hiring manager of Company X, she's just been promoted, has been given an extra 10K in salary, loves her manager, and she's going to say, yeah, that's us. Job done. Tick the box. We've chatted about culture. We're all on the same page.
1: So you can see how
0: quickly and easily it is to have a misunderstanding or not actually be on the same page. You need to take some time to actually define what good culture looks like to you. And the same thing goes with what work-life balance looks like to you. Work-life balance to me means the freedom to do my job where and when I want to do it. If I want to stop in the middle of the day and go to the gym, that's what I would love to be able to do. Luckily, I'm self-employed, so I allow myself to do those things. But you can clearly convey your wants and expectations to a business by actually sitting down and defining some of those things in quantifiable terms. We do ourselves no favors by making assumptions. You know what they say, it does make an ass out of me and you. So take the time to define your viewpoints on these to help you determine if a company is a right fit for you. And frame your expectations against your industry. Is it going to be possible to give you a traditional version of work-life balance when you work on the shop floor? Probably not. But could you negotiate having a weekend off monthly or fortnightly? Yeah, that could definitely be within the realm of possibility. Number five, stop assuming HR is what makes the culture good. HR are wonderful beings generally. They do epic and often unappreciated work and quite often are left with the dirty work and the bad news to deliver. But they cannot wave their magical wand and make all the problems go away. And actually, yes, leaders in the business do set the tone and lead by example, but even they are not totally responsible for company culture. It's actually everyone in that business. They all contribute to the culture of the business. Something to think about. So let's talk about the top five green flags, in my opinion, that a company is moving in the right direction with their company culture. So number one, great leadership. I look out for examples of relationships that flow. I can sense the camaraderie between, you know, say the manager and the employee. Um, if you've got two people in an interview, it's really easy to see how they interact with each other. Is it a nice, easy relationship? Um, does it seem like there's a lot of rapport? Is there positive feedback on the leadership in the business? Does it seem like they have open-door policies to executive leaders or managers and that the leaders are actually present in the business? You know, a great question to ask could be, can you tell me more about what sort of leadership is present in this business and what's important to them? What goals do they have within the business? Number two, great communication. A great insight is how much does the hiring manager understand the challenges and the positives of a role? Can they tell you deeper insights with transparency and clarity about the company if they can't, then maybe it could mean a million things like that they haven't really taken the time to understand you know, more about what the resourcing requirements are, what is it that we need differently this time to the person we're replacing, how can we make this a better fit? All of this information is critical, not only for you to know, but also for you to see how the communication flows within a business. Establish focus on learning. We all should be students for life, especially if we're working in a lot of the emerging markets within marketing and digital, there's always developments, So it's really important that you yourself show an affinity for learning, but also how much focus is on growing and learning as individuals and as a company. I do think it's really important on this point to frame this with some context around the size of the business and budget constraints. Okay. So some companies have a lot more money to play with, a lot more budget to play with when it comes to, you know, creating a dedicated budget on learning. I don't think you should write a company off for maybe not having a full budget for learning and development, but there could be other ways that they're dedicated to developing their team. A promotion of a healthy work, Life balance is number four. I do think it's important, okay? So, you know, and again, what does that look like to them? And what does that look like to you? Um, So if you are saying, I would love to have a work-life balance, how does that actually play out in your day-to-day life? And number five, positive camaraderie and morale. When you enter the office, what's the vibe like? Are people smiling? Are they happy? Are they relaxed? Are they focused? Does it seem like people really want to be there? These insights and observations are going to tell you way more than any review you read online. As long as you're actually there observing and ready to soak in the information, you will get a lot of insight from heading into a business and just learning about them. The fact remains that culture is this moving intangible thing and given the last two years and how challenging they have been for businesses and for individuals, all companies will be facing a need to reinvigorate and improve their culture to increase employee engagement. So make sure that you don't miss out on a great opportunity by writing off a company prematurely. That's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Beyond the shopwell podcast. Uh, next week, we have an amazing guest on the podcast, Lauren Oaks from Megaphone Marketing. Now, Megaphone Marketing is a Melbourne-based digital agency and it was recently awarded number one social media agency of the year in 2021. Lauren was appointed CEO in 2019, before she turned 30 PS, and Megaphone has expanded to over four continents and grown to 120 plus employees. Um, she talks to us about her journey. She started as a junior account manager when Megaphone was a small new agency. And she has grown with the brand from junior to senior account manager, head of accounts, I think, and then on to CEO. She is passionate about having a strong representation females in leadership roles she's super passionate about the recruitment process and supporting women to be um, successful in marketing roles Um, she's been shortlisted for a number of awards and you know she's just generally a pretty impressive person so please make sure you tune in to next week in the meantime take care of yourself if you love this podcast I would love for you to share it or leave us a review or um, come and follow us on socials as well remember we are posting all of the beyond the shop for a podcast onto the talent mill socials at the moment that's all for now take care of yourself and i'll see you next week bye You just tuned in to another episode of Beyond the Shop Floor podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope that you got some great insight from today's podcast. Of course, I do work as a private career coach, a career strategist, and a recruitment expert to the fashion industry. But of course, anyone outside of that industry is welcome to join us as well. If you would like to connect with me personally about being a guest on Beyond the Shop For podcast, or you would like to work with me in some capacity, you can email me at ang at thetalentmill.com.au, and that's Ange with an E, or you can hang out with me on any of the social media platforms. Of course, we love a good little LinkedIn hang, um, or you can find me on Instagram at thetalentmill.com.au AU or Be on the Shop Floor podcast. Thank you so much and we'll see you next time.